Hosting and bandwidth provided by the Blue Box Group. Check them out at bluebox.net. You're fantastic at coding, but do you have an action plan to take it to the next level? The upcoming book, Next Level Freelance, will help you optimize your freelance business for happiness. The book is packed with actionable steps to make more money, case studies, tips to find more clients, and exercises for you to establish your desired lifestyle. Extras include nine interviews with freelancers who make great money while enjoying great work-life balance, videos on strategies to find quality subcontractors, and videos on making more free time by outsourcing your daily tasks. Check it out today, nextlevelfreelance.com. This episode is sponsored by Planscope. Planscope is a project management and collaboration app built for freelancers and the way they work with clients. It makes it easy to price out new estimates and once you're underway, help answer the question, will this get done on time and under budget? I've been using Planscope to do my estimates and manage my projects and I really, really like it. It makes it really easy to keep things in order and understand when things will get done. You can go check it out at planscope.io. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 100 of The Freelancer Show. This week on our panel, we have Curtis McHale. G'day. We also have Reuven Lerner. Hey, everyone. And this week, we're going to be talking about uh, handling referrals. So I'm kind of curious, how much of you guys' business comes in from referrals as opposed to people that find you in other ways? Uh, Probably north of 50%, I'd say, from other freelancers or previous clients. How about you, Reuven? I'm guessing it's close to like 10 to 20 percent. It sort of depends, but yeah, that's that's probably the, the limit on it nowadays. Yeah, I'm going to split the difference there. I'm, I'm probably 30 to 40 percent, though it is going up. So, yeah, a lot of my referrals come because of, I guess, some of the other projects I've done. It's other freelancers who do e commerce work, and then they say, but they can't do this final piece that's the, the extra hard piece and the requirement. And so they say, you need to get, you know, you need to get Curtis just do the whole thing then. Mm-hmm. That's how I get a lot of mine. Oh, interesting. Yeah, for me, it's generally one of a couple of things. Either people know me through the podcasts, and so they actually refer people to me, having not ever seen my work, which is interesting to me sometimes. And then uh, I also get referrals locally from local folks. And so somebody will talk to them, and, well, you're a programmer. And they're like, no, I have a full-time job. I'm not really interested, blah, blah, blah. Or I don't have time to you know, put in to get it done in the time frame you're talking about, so you need to hire a freelancer, and I know one. That's usually how I get mine. How about you, Reuven? Uh, with me, it's usually been uh, previous clients. So, um, I mean, just recently, I, there was a project I worked on, I guess, about a year or two ago, and I got along really well with the guy who was doing the project. And he and I talked probably once every six months or so. And he called me, I guess, like a few months, about a month or two ago, and said, listen, there's this organization, and they could use some help. Do you mind just talking to them and giving some general advice? And I was thinking, okay, you know, it's a nice nonprofit Best case, maybe I'll get some work out of it. Worst case, I'll, I'll just be a nice guy for a little while. And that's sort of typical where it's someone with whom I worked, but it's it's not on a very regular basis. It's usually, you know, someone with whom I've worked hears about someone with a problem and they think that I'd be a good fit for it. It's, it's rare, I should say, it's it's like almost never other developers, although that does happen. Um, but it's usually clients, not colleagues. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask Chuck, what about for you? Is it colleagues you said? A lot? Yeah, mostly. I mean, occasionally I'll have a, an old client refer somebody to me, but I, I, I think my clients, well, some of my clients are odd in the sense that I don't think they really talk to other entrepreneurs, which I think is a really terrible idea if you're going to be an entrepreneur. But, you know, so, so they don't really get into a, a place where they're talking about this stuff. Um, you know, and then I have a few clients that actually do but they usually move in the same circles I do. So it's not necessarily referral, but I might get a reference out of it because they know that I did work for so-and-so. And it's worked out that way a few times. 
So it wasn't a referral. It was a, hey, well, I know you, and I know you did work for so-and-so, and so I'll talk to you about how you think you can solve my problems, and I'll talk to them about how things worked out. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So. Yep. And then the other thing that I've run across is, you know, I go to conferences and things and meet people, but uh, those are usually then, you know, direct come back to me to get work done. So, And I'm still kind of in the thick of getting work from uh, both RubyConf and from New Media Expo. But that's another that's another episode. So I'm I'm, I'm curious with you guys. Um, when I started freelancing, I did some work with a graphic design agency, and they called me up and they said, "Listen, we have someone who could really use your sorts of skills. We'd like to refer them to you. What are you going to pay us for that?" <laughs> and I, I was like, "What?" And they said, well, it's a you know, sort of professional courtesy. Like that, that's how it works. If we refer you business, then you should pay us for it. So I've never paid for referrals, not then and not now. And I think I was just sort of shocked, but I, and a number of years have passed, but is this at all the norm? I think it depends. I refer with no expectation of payment at all. I don't like if I'm just referring it and not being doing any project management or doing any portion, then I don't get any money for it. Now, I have had people refer to me and then say, hey, and I usually do a referral fee, and I just write back and say, I don't pay, I never pay referral fees, so sorry. Like, if you, then if you don't want to refer to me, that's fine. What it really boils down to is they make me feel weird, and so I don't do it. Uh, I wrote a long blog post a number of months back about why I don't, but it's not necessarily uncommon. They just make me feel weird. That's why I don't do them, and I don't pay them either. So my response would be, how much will you pay us? Nothing. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat, though. Since I subcontract some of the work, you know, I am collecting a fee off of that work, but I'm doing project management. Yeah, but that's different, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Uh, I I, see it as very different also, right? You know, I work for one um, or with one person in in Vancouver here, and for some projects, I bill her directly and she pays me immediately. And I have no idea. I assume she marks it up to bill the clients, Mm -hmm. Um, but I have no idea. So, but when she says, Hey, I've got a project and I just don't have time to do this portion of it at all. And I just want to hand it to you and you run with it and I won't even hear about it. Then I bill the client directly. So yeah. that's what I normally do. I, if I'm billing you directly then I don't care what you charge. This is what I charge. Right. And you, if you want to mark it up 10%, go for it. If I'm billing the client directly, then it's my money because that's who pay. Like I'm billing them. I'm, Oh, it's funny. Now that I think about it, there was a developer um, who I've done some work with. Like he's subcontracted for me. Um, and he came to me a few months ago and said he, he knew someone who might need something. And I think we had actually tentatively agreed that I would give him some proportion of it, sort of as if I, you know, sort of, sort of like when he was subcontracting for me. Uh, in the end, it was moot because I called the woman and she said, oh, yes, we need a very, very serious site. And it came out that she didn't want to pay anything more than $20 an hour. Uh, so <laughs> I said, well, uh, fine. That, that's very nice of you. you know, very nice to meet you. Um, so we never actually got into the would I have to pay him anything. But in that case, I think it, it, it was because he's done subcontracting for me and because I took a proportion of it. I, I think we sort of saw it as a um, like a, a mutual kind of deal. But just sort of regular referrals, I, I mean, I agree with you guys. Like, I, I can't imagine expecting to get money for it. I can't imagine paying money for it as a general rule. Yeah, I mean, an upfront fee, like a finder's fee, I really have a problem with that just because there's nothing proven it about, about it at all. However... I could see, especially if I had a relationship that I had worked out with somebody, you know, as kind of a sales deal or some kind of, uh, you know, something like that. I could see, you know, okay, well, you know, I'll pay you 5% or whatever of whatever we make. Yeah, and I have a friend that does that with real estate. Every qualified lead that turns into a sale, he gets a percentage of, and that's his business model, right, is to get that yeah. percentage. 
Yeah, so I could see paying a salesperson some kind of commission that way. So, you know, if we have three ongoing contracts that they found and we worked out a percentage deal, 5%, 10% or whatever, then, you know, they, they'd get a check every time I did. Yeah, my biggest thing is most referrals I get is they're saying, here's work that I literally can't do because yeah. I just don't know how to do it. And you are like, you know how to do these things because you have done them a bunch. And so they basically, when it comes up referral fees for that, like I want work money for work that I s- simply cannot do and you can. So I need money from you because you can do it and I can't. Yeah, that makes sense. When you send out referrals, what do you usually do? Send them to the person and say, good luck. I think this person's awesome and they can fill your needs perfectly. I think this is better. What I've found from like growing my business is when I, like, as I've done that to people, people just send me stuff back naturally. And the client, often the client has come back to me first instead of the other contractor because I said, hey, this person's going to be a better, a better fit for you or this is a better for your project. And they come back to me because my first inclination was to find the best fit for them. Mm-hmm. not necessarily what's best for my business. And that then builds confidence in me from, with them, right? So I probably 50% of the referrals that I send away actually come back to talk to me again about a later project. And I may send it away again, and that's fine, right? Because I also, I like helping out my friends. I'd rather, I'd love to help out my friends and have them let them have successful businesses. Right, and there's definitely a sense of community in this also, that if you don't have time, bandwidth, ability to deal with something, and you refer to someone else, at some point, maybe not right away, but at some point, they're going to bring something back to you. It, it, it just seems to me that's that's always happened with me. Yep. And it may not even be a specific client project, but something else that you're interested in, right? And even say inviting you on the, a podcast or something else. It doesn't have to be, you know, with direct work necessarily, uh, at least up front. It could be later, but... Yeah, I agree. Right. On, a, on a number of occasions, people have come to me asking for what's effectively web design work. And I say, look, that's, that's really not my specialty, but I can recommend to you designers with whom I've worked. And I, I usually lay out the people with whom I've worked and, you know, enjoy working and respected most. And it's not just because, I mean, first of all, I actually believe these people are good at what they do. But secondly, you know, they've done the same for me where someone comes to them and says, we need development work and it's beyond their capabilities. So I get referrals that way as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's exactly what I do with the other the designer in Vancouver. She works when she has development work that queues up with me. She just gets me to do it, and I do the same when I have design work that lines up good with her. And I, again, like working with her because she knows what she's doing design-wise for developers. So I'm, I'm a little curious then, if somebody gives you a referral, how do you usually address them? Do you call them up? Do you email them? Does it depend on how the referral came in? It depends. I had one... I talked to on Skype this morning, but they called me based off a referral um, from a friend of mine. And that same friend referred someone else I've been emailing with as well. So it depends on how it comes in. Yeah, I've gotten referrals where it's, you know, Chuck meet client, client meet Chuck. And yeah, I usually just reply to the email and it's a, hey, thanks, so-and-so, you know, and whoever made the introduction and then, you know, just a quick introduction. Hi, this is who I am. Some of that may have been included in the introduction, but then from there, what we can do is I can actually say, so, so so-and-so says that you've got this. I usually try and turn it into a phone call just so that I feel like people are more expressive and and can more easily communicate what they need that way. And so I'll wind up talking to them on Skype or something. I'll just schedule a time to talk to them for a half hour or something. And I've normally been primed or I do prime the developer and the client too, right? Saying this is the real sketch of the project. Is that something you're inter- interested in? And then saying, hey, this is the developer that I know that could do it. You can check out their stuff if you want. And would you like me to connect you? Mm-hmm. So it's not just a, no thanks, here you go. 
Yeah, I, I agree that, uh, I mean, what typically happens with me is I'll get email. I mean, sometimes I'll get a call, but it's more likely I'm going to get email either with an introduction or much more often asking if I'd be interested. Hey, I, I know someone who has such, such a project. Would you like to hear more about it and have an introduction? And then usually the introduction is via email. And then, yeah, we schedule time to talk. If it's here in Israel, then I just pick up the phone. Actually, if they're in the U.S., I also just pick up the phone and call them. I, I definitely feel that there's much warmer communication. And quite frankly, I think it's easier to do a good sales job on the phone or on Skype than it is via email. Yeah. One other thing that I've done for local folks, because I'm pretty involved in the local community here, which really pays off in a lot of ways. But one of the things that really helps out as far as getting referrals is that they know who I am and they they know what I can do and they know I'm a local guy. So if somebody local is asking for a ref, you know, a reference for somebody, you know, that can do the work, then a lot of times what I'll do is I'll wind up taking the the potential client and the person who made the referral to lunch. And what that does for me is it, it kind of breaks the ice and allows, you know, the person who already has a rapport with both of us to kind of, uh, you know, ease things in and explain things because usually they have a little bit more context around what I've, what I've done. And so they can, they can say, well, it's kind of like this project that you did last month or, you know, it's kind of like this, uh, demonstration you did for the users group or what have you. And, uh, you know, can, can help out in explaining some of this stuff. And they also usually know uh, some of the context around the person that's being referred to me. And so then they can kind of uh, translate it when when I don't have enough context to actually explain it well to them, which doesn't happen often, but it does happen sometimes, especially in some of these niche markets where they speak a completely different jargon. Yeah. So what, once you've gotten a referral, are you then ever in touch with the original person or is it just a one-time thing? When I give a referral, I always touch base with the client and with the person I referred to to see how the other was to work with. Because I only want to give referrals to people that are awesome to work with. I'd rather give a referral to a less technically adept person and a better client person. Yeah, that I always really smart and, I, and responsible. And I always try to reach back out. Like if I get a referral from someone and they turn into, typically if they turn into real bozo, I say like I'll say it right up front. I had that from a friend of mine who doesn't do consulting, and he sent me this guy, and he wanted the typical epic site for like a thousand dollars. And I said, like I laughed and said no. It's like I can find someone in India. You should. And I called my friend up and said, "Hey, man, this is the que- this is what I just had, and I am just letting you know so you don't give him any more names." And he was like, "What? <laughs> like I totally not expect her from this friend. I it was not his fault. He just hey, you should talk to Curtis." Yeah, the the, the threat of going to India is always oh so convincing to lower my prices. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, And when I have people that have given me a bunch of referrals in a year, I usually, well, I do, I make a point of get, sending them something. So when I first started, I had a company that would, had just got out of consulting and they sent me, say, enough work in the first year that they, it turned it from what would have been a barely scraping by first year of freelancing to a reasonably comfortable year of freelancing. And they get a present every year still. Yeah, I do that too. If I get a referral from uh, somebody that works out, I typically, at the very least, if it's a really small project, they still... I still go down to Walmart or something and get a gift card for a restaurant, you know, that I know is near them and then they can go and enjoy that because uh, I do appreciate getting the referral. Okay. Yeah, I don't, have... I'm not as proactive on it for like even single projects, but when I say when I've got a couple, I do do it this year. I'm hoping to be better. My wife is going to take over sending some uh, cards to even clients or to referrals for me. So she'll get them all out and labeled and everything. And I'll write the note and get them off. That's hopefully I'm going to be upping my game in that this year. 
No, that's very impressive and, and organized of you guys. I, I think it's very, I mean, it's both polite and nice and smart to follow up with people, make sure it's going well, and to then thank them. I'm, I'm going to have to try that. Yeah, and with the local folks, I mean, sometimes I even, I even just take them to lunch. And, you know, again, that, that works out re- really well because I get to kind of, you know, build that relationship a little bit more. And it sounds all strategic and stuff, but I like going to lunch with people. So, you know, it's it's fun to just get out <laughs> and chat with some, you know, some other tech guy or some business guy that, you know, we can kind of throw ideas at each other and see see how they go. So, Yeah, I've done that as well. You know, I had a conference and bought the first beer or something like that for the for someone who sent me a lot of referrals and they said, Oh, don't worry about it. It's like, you know what? You sent me a bunch of work this year. I'd love to treat you to this right now. So for the clients, is there some way that you go about prompting people to give you referrals or do you just wait until it uh, organically happens? Last year, near the end of the year, I've been more proactive about asking clients, do you know anyone else who would be a good fit um, with me? And if you, you know, if you can just let them know that I'm around. And I got one or two extra referrals out of that that I don't think I would have gotten because they were like, oh, you know, I didn't even think about doing that for you. But yeah, I love working with you and I do have some people that would be good. Um, as far as the other freelancers, I just let it happen as it happens. Like I don't bug them actively. Um, some of the larger agencies that I work for off and on, uh, typically on kind of the more complex aspect of a project, I do touch base with them almost every month and say, hey, what's up, guys? How are things going? Do you have anything coming up? And uh, that even gets them sometimes just to ask me a question about a project that they're still going to totally take, but I can just answer it and make it smoothed out for them. But that gets them talking to me again. Yeah, I've started saying more and more, sort of being upfront, especially when I'm lecturing. Uh, I sort of finish my classes now by saying, okay, and now a quick advertisement. If you like this, then you should know I do development and work. But I've, I haven't taken it to the next level and said, or if you know other people who would be interested, let them know. I, I have to try that because it seems... Very easy. And if you don't say it, it won't necessarily occur to them. And I think I mentioned on a previous show that I was shocked that people did not realize that I don't only do training, but I also do development work. But before I said it explicitly, it had never dawned on them. So I think this is one of those things where if you don't say it explicitly, it won't occur to them. Yeah. You know, one other thing that I've done is that, uh, you know, I try and check in and touch base with my former clients. The ones that I really liked working with, I just tell them that, you know, I'm just like, hey, I loved working with you. I really liked working on your project. And then I ask them some questions about, so, you know, I'm an entrepreneur myself and I, you know, I really like to talk to people about this kind of business. So I'm, I'm curious as to who you talk to and, um, you know, what they do and, you know, how you find those people and stuff like that. And once you start talking about those folks, a lot of times that'll prompt something. Oh, well, my one friend had, you know, had a project he needed done. Or the other thing is, is, you know, you get through that and you start talking to them about the entrepreneurs or other people that they uh, interact with. And so then you can turn around and you can say, well, if you or any of your, you know, your friends in that circle, you know, need this kind of help, you know, or have a project like this, you know, it's, it's those things that, you know, hopefully will trigger something where they're going, oh, I did hear about something. And the more specific I can get, usually the, the better results I get if they know somebody that, that has that particular uh, situation. So, for example, I, I did some work with somebody where we integrated heavily with Facebook. And so I, I talked to him, and I when I was talking to him, I basically said, you know, so if you run into somebody who needs a Facebook app built or needs, you know, this specific type of Facebook interaction or just, you know, needs some social network work done, you know, I can definitely do that. 
and uh, it kind of got him thinking, oh, well, I do have this friend, and that friend didn't work out, but it did get him to the point where he, you know, instead of, I need, you know, do you know anyone who needs web development? It's, you know, do you know somebody who need, needs this particular problem solved? Right. It definitely makes sense to be more specific and clear about what sorts of problems you can solve than just say, oh, yes, that I can, I can do lots of web stuff. Um, mm-hmm. that, that will stick in their mind much more, I agree. Magical web stuff. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I think that's one area where Curtis in particular does real well is that, you know, he can actually talk to people and if they have an e-commerce need or uh, one or two of the other, you know, fairly specific areas that he works in, you know, he can just tell them really quickly, I do these kinds of things, do you need know anyone who needs it? And instead of saying, do you know anyone who needs WordPress help? Which, you know, you, you can get all kinds of stuff that way that, that may or may not fit. So do you guys ever get referrals from people you don't know? Yep. Or I've only heard of but haven't really talked to. Yep. I had one last year that was a $20,000 project. This and they said, I can't only think of their Twitter handle, and I can't pronounce it, so I'm not even going to say their name at all. But <laughs> they said, oh, yeah, so-and-so you said that you'd be great for this. And I went, oh, well, that's awesome. I know that name, but I have never interacted with that person. And I actually pinged them. I was like, why did you recommend me? And they said, well, I've looked at your code, and I talked to a couple other people that have used you on projects like this, and they said you're awesome. So I said, hey, you should talk to Curtis. It was basically like trust of a friend, right? I know there's, I have a number of developers where if they said, hey, you should go talk to so-and-so about this part, this is just what they would do. I would just say, take it blanket. Okay, that is fine, because I would trust you implicitly. Wow. Does it change things at all as far as the way you handle it or the way you think about it, if it's somebody you don't know personally? I feel extra special. That's and past that. I mean, it's it's got kind of nice to have. I've never met this person. I've never interacted with them, and they think I'm awesome. They sent a good client my way with like a stellar recommendation. Ooh, I'm really amazing today. You dance right. <laughs> yep. You know, in my house, to dance, and the daughter says, "Put on it, your wings, Daddy, as a fairy." And I say, oh, "Okay, and we dance." <laughs> <laughs> I got something. I guess it was like in September, October. Uh, I got a call from the CEO of this new startup, and she said, oh, I heard about you from so-and-so, and I think you'd really be great. Can we meet? So we spoke on the phone a little bit. We went. I went and I met her. And before the meeting, I said, okay, let me check. Who did she say she'd been referred by? And I looked up, and I had actually exchanged email with this guy about three years before. Like, it was him sending me email, me sending an email back. I think that was the end of it. So it wasn't like we were really, really close. And so I get to the meeting to talk to them, and they say, so you were referred by so-and-so. You guys go way back, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and I was sort of forced to say, um, I know he and I have had interactions. Maybe we've just talked to conferences, but, you know, I meet, I meet so many people. It's hard to keep track of them. But we're not all that close, I'm sorry to say, but I appreciate that he referred me. I mean, in, in the in the end, the CEO and, and the startup in general were a bunch of bozos. So, it, it, you know, it was, it was one of these meetings where I said, well, I'm glad I had the meeting, and it didn't go much further than that. Yeah, luckily uh, when I had the referral, referral from someone I didn't know, I said, you know what, I haven't interacted with them a lot, but I know that they do these very specific things, and they're awesome at them. And, and that's where they, that was their entry point into the project, was we need this buddy press development done, and this person is awesome. And this person looked at it and said, you don't really need it, you need these things, and this guy's awesome. So I knew of them, I knew of their reputation, I just never interacted with them. Mm-hmm. How do you deal if somebody actually sends you a referral and it doesn't work out? Well, that would depend how it doesn't work out, right? When I got the call... For this epic site for a thousand dollars, just called my friend and said, "Don't give them anyone's name." So, <laughs> otherwise, yeah. you know, projects fail sometimes on sometimes on our end, sometimes on the client end, sometimes on both ends. 
you know, probably it's a percentage split and depending on whose fault it is, it's one percentage to whatever side more. Right. And I have proactively reached out and said, Hey man, I'm really sorry. This is what happened in the project. This is my perspective on it, but you should probably talk to them too. If you really want to over a rounded perspective, because there's always two sides to a story. So I just try to be honest with them. And at the very least, they know that you're being honest, right? And so they feel comfortable referring to you again. And I've had that said that, you know, I, I owned right up to it. They got an email like the day after the project was failing. And I said, hey, this is what happened with the project. I'm very thankful to referral. And I'm sorry that, you know, this may have affected your reputation anyway. And here's my portion of it. And they said, oh, that's awesome. We know we can trust you, Curtis. Yeah, I've definitely had some referred projects not work out. I mean, there was this one where it didn't even start where basically I met with this CEO and some other people at the company and um, we started negotiating over price and they were just ridiculous in terms of price, in terms of what they wanted. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, the sort of most absurd thing was that we met in a VC firm where she's like a partner and she was like, oh, we can't possibly afford to pay you those sorts of rates when those rates were for consulting less than a salary would even be. So that was kind of ridiculous, but fine, I'm not going to hold against the guy who referred me because... You know, nothing, nothing really went wrong. But there was the time a few years ago, I think I mentioned to you guys, where basically I was, you know, taken in by this hustler who just did not pay me at all. And I'd been referred by someone I know who's his brother-in-law. And, uh, you know, I went back to him just to sort of maybe get some ammunition getting paid. Uh, and he said, look, I'm, I'm sorry, I really can't help you at all. Uh, and I don't, I don't hold it against him at all, right? You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of sad that the project worked out the way it did or didn't work out the way it did didn't work out the way it didn't. But um, I'm not going to hold it against the guy who referred me. He, he wasn't involved in any of the swindling. Yeah, I've, I've had, depending on the contract, I've had some that, yeah, you know, they, they referred it and we just couldn't, we couldn't make uh, what they needed out of it and what I needed out of it mesh up, you know, due to, you know, what they were willing to pay or what they could pay or what the requirements were or how much time I had or how willing they were to accept the terms under which I could actually do the work. And with those, yeah, usually I just send a polite email to the person who referred them and just say, you know, hey, look, thanks for the referral. This is why it didn't work out. Um, and I usually give them just enough information so that they can maybe find somebody else who will work out. If I don't, if I don't have, you know, somebody that I can refer them to that I think it would benefit them. But yeah, I pretty much do what you guys do. Um, I have had, I had the one project that failed spectacularly last year and you know we we talked about that on another show and that wasn't a referral i was actually subcontracting but at the same time you know i did have to explain to the person i was subcontracted to why it didn't work out and you know he had some skin in the game and i had some skin in the game and not just because he was the primary contractor but because he actually had a long-standing relationship with the client and so uh it does complicate things sometimes yeah, the long-standing relationship can be easier. I know for one of my long-term clients, I referred them to someone else that simply just didn't work out. And they, like, I still work with them. They came back to me. And when I found out it didn't work out very well, I said, I know I'm really sorry, guys. That's certainly not my intention. And I'm really sorry about that. I know, Ruben, you've said you've had that where you referred to a designer as well, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then I just try to be as decent and transparent as possible and say, look, I really tried and it didn't work out and I've learned a lesson. And then I will not be referring people to that designer anymore. Yeah, and it's, it depends, right? Like, it does depend a little bit on how it fails. So I know I had one where the referral happened and the person had a major life occurrence and they just couldn't do it and the client was very annoyed. And I was like, but the guy's house burnt down. Like, <laughs> like right. that's kind of a, it's kind of a buy on things. And, and I know this is an important thing for you, but that's kind of a buy on things, guys. Like, it's not house like he says... Down. 
I know. <laughs> yeah, come on. And all his possessions. Give me a real reason. <laughs> yeah. He was only lucky because his spare computer was somewhere else. So he could cat all the files. That's it. Like, I was like, come on, that's a buy, guys. And the client was not so understanding about it. And I could kind of see their business perspective because it was a, a launch that did not happen. And it was a probably a good launch. But at the same time, like his house burnt down. Come on. So I still work with them and we are fine. It was just, and I still refer to him because that's in kind of a buy, right? There's always those situations where there's a buy in the, in the, on one person's part. Yeah. So one other question I have is how do you find good people to refer to? With me, it's community reputation, like in the WordPress community, people who do good work and people who I know. Uh, I'm on a one freelance, I'm on one mailing list where I have worked with probably half of the people. There's probably only 10 people in the list but everyone has worked with the other people at some point. So it's all well-known names of good people that do good work. And we refer projects that look interesting, but we just don't do. And I don't necessarily have a specific person that should get this. I'll just send it out to that list. And and I picked up, I picked up about $12,000 of work off that just out of one project last year. Right. Yeah. I, I only uh, refer to people whom I know, uh, whom I know and I've worked with directly. I actually, I, I don't know if that's entirely true. If I refer to someone with whom I have not worked directly or haven't done it directly in a while, then I'll state them very clearly. And I'll say, look, I, I think so-and-so might be able to help you out, but I can't promise it. So you can try calling them. They're better than... <laughs> I, can't, I can't give them a full recommendation, but I've heard good things about them. And that yeah. changes a little bit. But, I, but I, I prefer really to just recommend to people I know. And I've done that as well. Like, hey, this person's really awesome. If it was my money, I would spend it with them. But I have never personally worked with them. So I cannot personally vouch for how they will, like how they work with clients. But they are very good at it. And I, I know that. Yeah, I've, I've done the same thing. I've not worked with them personally, but I know the reputation and I would be willing to put money down and hire them. For this. Yeah, it would be like, you guys referring to me. Have any of you seen my code? Could any of you judge it in the WordPress realm? No, no. right? So you could you would you feel comfortable referring to me? Maybe maybe not. I would think probably I would feel comfortable referring to you, but I have never seen your code. Yeah, and it's- look, wait, but 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 we've said this before, and I think you even said it before, Curtis. That like my experience is it's way 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 more important. I'm not trying to belittle anyone's uh, technical skills here, but it's way more important to actually be decent and communicate and know how to work with clients than be a technical genius because there are plenty of technical geniuses who do do not know how to talk to clients or work with them. I just had this graphic designer I spoke with who I might be either helping out or working with. And uh, we spoke about a year ago, and she said, well, I don't know if you're really right for me. You're a little expensive. So I spoke to her literally last week. She said, well, I found this design that was cheaper than you, but we have this little problem where every time he speaks to one of my clients, the clients call me up and say, please never have him call me again. He was so incredibly rude. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, okay, I don't know if you're really saving so much money in that front, you're not going to get that from me, uh, at least not as far as I know. She's like, hmm, hmm, maybe I should consider this. Yeah. Yeah, I'd way say, as I said earlier, I'd way rather refer to someone good with clients and less technically adept. Because even often on referrals, I had one call this morning that I'm referring off to someone else. And I said, like, if you have some questions, then there's a little more towards my expertise in there. It's just ping me. I've got code around that I can probably send you and you can figure out what it like how to adapt this for your situation. So I'm usually available that way, even for referrals, just with friends anyways, right? Yeah. Right. And it doesn't, it doesn't take a, a lot also for me to realize that I should not be referring. Like this graphic designer with whom I had problems last year, really, she's super nice and I think talented in many ways, but she really disappointed me on the, on the client front. And I don't think I can honestly refer people to her again, uh, at least not for a while. 
and she was going through some some personal stuff also her, her house didn't burn down but like she was going through some personal stuff but at the end of the day you know the clients don't care that much you know over over time you better get things done or you're going to lose the referrals yep so what do you do with people like that i usually send them to the job board so you should just go find this job board over here and post your job and i'm basically saying don't I have no one that I want to refer you to because I don't think you're awesome. That's really what I'm saying. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't thought of like, what if someone bad comes to you and says, with whom can I work? I don't think that's really happened to me. Or you know what? If it has, I think I've referred them to people. And then I sort of send a warning to you know the designer or the developer. I say, listen, maybe this person's okay. I certainly can't handle them right now. But you should just know, sort of vet them over the phone before you spend a lot of time meeting with them. Yeah, I don't even do that. Yeah. There are there has been occasions where I've had clients that have very small maintenance projects, and there are services out there in the WordPress realm that do that love the sub five hundred dollar service regularly, right? And they that's what they specialize in. So I've sent people to that because that's just a way better fit. But the client where I'm like, I would never work with you. I just send them to the job boards because I am not putting my name referring with anyone to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm the same way. The people that I'm referring to are generally my friends. They're people that I trust, people whose opinions I value. And I just, I can't bring myself to refer somebody out that, you know, just isn't going to be good to work with. I do, you know, if I think they'll be a good client, but they just don't fit what I'm looking for in a client, or, you know, I just can't help them because they want something that I'm just not capable of doing, then I'm happy to refer those people out. But yeah, I always have the impression that I like, I don't want you to have the impression that I refer slimy people to everyone I know. It doesn't happen that often, but sometimes if I'm sort of on the edge about it, I'll I'll say, well, I'm certainly not a good fit. Maybe someone else would be. And sometimes it's actually worked out pretty well. Yeah, the one I was referring today and doing a bit of a call, because I did a little bit of the work on this project, is just timeline. I can't meet their timeline at all. So I'm not opposed to working with them or anything, but I just can't do it. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I have anything else to add or any other questions. Anything else you guys want to go over, or should we uh, should we go to the picks? Yeah, I, I can't think of anything else about this. Yeah, I think we're good. My only question was the the bad referrals, which you just addressed. Yeah, I've also I also have to say that uh, if I get a string of bad referrals from people, then I don't have a problem telling them not to send me anymore. All right, well, let's go ahead and do the picks then. Curtis, do you want to start us with picks? Sure. I'm going to recommend an iPhone case called the OtterBox Preserver. It is a waterproof iPhone 5S case. Still works with a thumb scanner. So I did have to rescan my thumb just because of how the case sits and your thumb will hit the scanner a little different for the touch ID to log in. But other than that, it is excellent and it is not bulky and huge. It does not stick in your pocket and pull your pocket out when you try to take it out. And it's awesome. So I use it all the time when I'm riding or even, you know, when your child decides to be upset and pour her soup on your phone, you just go, ah, okay, and wash your phone off. Oh, nice. That's a good little hypothetical there. <laughs> yeah, I swear it's never happened to me. Or when you've accidentally knocked it into the tub, that never happened to me at all. Awesome. Reuben, what are your picks? Okay, I got two picks for this week. So um, I'm going to, I assume both of you have heard of Social Triggers. Uh, if our listeners have not heard of it, they they should check it out. It's a great website. The guy is extremely entertaining about how to do pricing and positioning. And he recently, his most recent uh, video, uh, as of our recording, was, <laughs> I, I saw this, I said, okay, how can I not watch this? How he spent $310 on a men's haircut. I thought to myself, okay, I can't imagine, imagine ever spending so much on a haircut. And that's basically how he opens. He says, that's right, I spent $10, maybe $20 on a haircut. Why would I possibly spend more than that? 
and he basically describes the experience, and uh, he says he was so overwhelmed by the experience that it was not like a regular haircut, and the positioning and the the way that the uh, the, the barber basically, although he calls himself something else, the way that he put the whole package together was not just a haircut. Truth be told, I still personally cannot imagine paying $300 for a haircut, uh, even with all the perks and wonderful things that he described, but I can see how it could get a market. And for fun, I recently, like literally in the last week, discovered a show which many, many other people have discovered, which is Sherlock from the BBC. Um, I'm watching on Netflix, and I'm just totally blown over by how amazing it is. I'm really, really, really enjoying it, and I'm only a few episodes in. Uh, it's only three episodes per season, so <laughs> a few episodes in means that I'm already making uh, headway. And one of the producers is Stephen Moffat, the same guy who does Doctor Who. So if, if you like that, actually, if you like television in general, I, I definitely, definitely would recommend it. Awesome. All right, I've got a pick. I've been trying this one lately. It's called Focus at Will. And basically, I'm not a neuroscientist, and and that's my disclaimer on this. Um, they do have a science page that explains all the neuroscience on how, you know, the cadence and things of the music. It, so you hit play on the music player, and it's supposed to help you focus and kind of shut off your fight or flight, and, you know, it keeps you from being as distracted. I tried it yesterday for a few hours. It seemed to work pretty well. But like I said, I'm not a neuroscientist. It does work better than listening to um, my other music or to podcasts. So go try it out. But yeah, I, I, I'm really liking it so far. I might have a different review here in, a, in in another week or two. But for right now, I'm really enjoying it. So uh, yeah, go check it out and see what you think. And uh, that's my only pick this week. Yeah, so I guess we'll wrap this up. Uh, thanks for coming, guys. You're welcome. Have a good one. All right. All right. We'll talk to you next week. 